Good afternoon, Nailers fans, and welcome in to another edition of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour presented by the 19th Hole, as it's a busy week once again of hockey for the Wheeling Nailers as they will play four games in five days this week. They have the Indy Fuel starting things out on Wednesday night, then Indy again on Thursday before road game against Fort Wayne on Friday and then a home game on Sunday. So back to the old rivals, Riguo, for a couple of weeks. You can get your tickets for all Wheeling Nailers home games at wheelingnailers.com or by calling 304-234-GOAL. Okay, let's dive right on into this week's show as I have a couple of guests of our players, as I usually do. We have one player who's been around the block in this league a time or two. It's forward Garrett Hunt and then a brand new player to the ECHL this season, Kyle Marino. And guys, I appreciate very much you taking a few minutes out of your day. I know that it's getting to be that time of year where the weather's starting to get nice and you get a chance to do a lot of outdoor activities. And I know the fans appreciate uh, being able to hear from you this week. Yeah, thanks for having us on. All right, so last week was interesting. You guys got the overtime win on Wednesday night against the Comets, a very exciting game. And then Friday, got a point against South Carolina. And then, well, things got a little bit interesting on Saturday and Sunday as got started and then stopped and ultimately the games got canceled which nobody really enjoys but how fresh are you guys going into I'll start with Kyle going into this week which you thought was going to be an 8 and 12 but now you probably have a little bit more energy in the tank yeah I guess you can kind of look at it as a blessing in disguise um, obviously it's frustrating you know those games getting canceled and stuff like that um, but you know what it is what it is so you got to take the rest and you know we had a good practice today and headed into the weekend or week here um fresh garrett for being around as long as you have in this league how many wild things have you been through over your career that just you know kind of make the experience of being a pro hockey player and going well that was something i don't know if i'll ever see again yeah i've had some some experiences but nothing like we had last weekend you know that's definitely tough on the guys back-to-back games um, losing the home ice kind of advantage against them. Those are huge points that we needed to team that we're trying to catch for the win percentage. And just to lose the games and not be able to get, make them back up is definitely probably tough on the guys. And, you know, we're in such a roll right now. And uh, we had a lot of momentum. And hopefully we don't swagger from our momentum and we keep it going forward for this weekend. But, I mean, that, that's definitely a new one with uh, the delays and the delays and then go the whole night and then for it to happen again. It's uh, it's probably pretty tough on the guys, but you know, you get to this time of the year, like on a regular year. Besides COVID, it's a lot of teams. I played on the West Coast for a while in California, and a lot of teams struggle with keeping the ice cold, and because it's you know sometimes it's 90 degrees outside in California, and they're trying to juice up the rink to keep it cold enough where you can play. And we had to even delay third periods because the ice wasn't freezing after the zams were coming on and do dry scrapes for the third periods just because the ice was just getting wetter and wetter as we'd go and plus you add a bunch of fans in there and it's just not a good mix so i've just uh yeah we just got to keep going forward and just keep the momentum going I'm excited to talk to you as we go along today about some of the stops that you've made in your pro career because you've had a chance to go to some really neat cities but I'm glad you mentioned the role because that was something that the fans were really getting into where the team had gotten a four-game winning streak. They're still on a five-game point streak. And when you first got here and now you're starting to see everything come together, what have you noticed change with this team that's been able to get it some success right now? I think when I first came, you know, it was, uh, you know, we were still kind of, I noticed we were a little bit fragile coming in. And then, you know, obviously adding guys back into the lineup, like fighting our captain, um, Having him come back, it's just a huge lift. And having Duchesne come back, veteran D-man, um, just adding those guys back into our lineup, just, uh, you know, it just gives the team a boost. Um, you know, at this point of the year, you're trying to look for anything to give your team kind of a, a boost or a jump into the into the second stretch here. And, um, you know, having those guys back in the lineup and finding our way, putting some teams, like putting some teams, you know, separating from, you know, we had those good weekends and we didn't get wins against Fort Wayne and Indy, but we had some good games and we kind of stayed positive. You know, obviously it sucks losing, but, you know, you got to keep going in the right direction. And uh, we learned from it and now the guys are rolling. So we know we can hang with those guys and we know we can play with them. And we just got to keep keep having that confidence. Kyle, I want to talk to you a little bit more about Saturday's game, just kind of from a player's perspective where you come out, you get it started. 
you get stopped, and then there were some moments where it looked like you guys might be picking up again. With the length of the delay, how it was, how are you guys staying both physically and mentally sharp and ready to be able to pick up if that was indeed the case? Yeah, it's. I, I mean, I don't know if I've ever been in a, you know, a situation where you know you have like a an hour delay. I think it was before they called the game, right? So. It's kind of tough. You got to just stay loose. We were just trying to walk around and stuff like that, and we didn't really know what was going on. Um, but it's definitely tough. Like, I think I think the second night, that was a big issue too. Like, you know, how long are we going to delay this? Because, you know, we're going into these games like it's a playoff, you know, type series, and these points are, you know, four-point, five-point games really in the standings. And then, you know, we have these big delays, and everyone's kind of just, you know, laid back, like, oh, what's going on type of thing. So it is tough, but... I mean, if it did ever pick up again, you just got to, you know, jump right back into it. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. During our finals run in 2016, I remember because I was always wondering about this with, you know, the longer you go on a night and our guys were eating pizza the night of a triple overtime game just to get something into their body. What's generally yeah. the rule for you guys in terms of when maybe you start to go grab a piece of fruit out of somewhere or a peanut butter sandwich or just something because you don't want to go a, a very long stretch of time without putting something in your body. Yeah, it's definitely different for every guy. Like some guys eat pregame super early. Like me, myself, I eat pregame at like 12 o'clock and then I don't eat again until after the game. So if it goes into overtime, sometimes you get pretty hungry. But I don't know if I would eat pizza, but, you know, like, <laughs> you know, just having having something in your body that, you can pull on like you know it's 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 a long time to go without eating and uh you know some guys wake up and get, are so hungry from their nap and they eat before and it's, it's just you got to do what your body tells you and you got to learn from past experiences you know like if you've never been in a second two overtime game it's like what did you do then that made you feel good or what did you see other guys do like eat a, two bananas or something have a protein shake or whatever it is you just kind of learn and it's just kind of a whole learning curve and you never know what the secret formula is going to be, but you just kind of got to roll with it and keep the momentum going. One of the things about both of you guys is you joined the Nailers partway through the season. So interesting to find out what your paths were that ultimately led to Wheeling. And for Kyle, you were going to be an Idaho Steelhead this year. Obviously, that didn't happen. So what was the process like for you when you found out that Idaho wasn't going to play and then ultimately to be able to land here in Wheeling when you did? How much stress did you go through? How satisfying was it when you got to sign on the dotted line in the wheel? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a crazy offseason, I guess, for everyone. Like, um, but obviously when Idaho pulled out of the season, um, my agent was obviously looking and calling teams and stuff like that to try to get me a spot to play um, this year. But, you know, with only a handful of teams playing or, or I don't know how many it was exactly, it was tough. Um, and it was definitely stressful. Um, and then being in Canada on top of that, you know, everything's locked down. So, I mean, by Christmas time, like, the ice rinks were closed down. So um, I was lucky to have a good group of guys back with me. Um, and actually, you know, my trainer and I, I got credit to him. I don't want to get him in trouble, but he was letting us come, you know, after hours and early in the mornings and using the gym and stuff like that to try to just stay in shape just in case someone did call. Um, and then... Obviously, Frenchie called me before, just before Christmas, and then I got down here in about February. So it was a couple tough weeks of bag skating, but then got myself back in shape and ready to go. So, Coming just out of college, were you doing anything to help yourself from a financial standpoint, or what was that battle like? Because that's one of the things I don't think a lot of people realize is yeah. they, oh, this has got to be a breeze. That's, you know, you got a nice big cushion there. But yeah, in no. reality, you don't, and you're really trying to make sure that you can land something because this is your career yeah personally that's I know a lot of guys were in tough situations and especially guys with families and stuff like that looking for jobs and places to play but um I'm I was really lucky I got to work with my dad this summer in uh in Niagara he owns a body shop there so we always had work um we were blessed that that was always you know open for us during COVID so that was you know not really a big stress for me because I got to train and, and work with him and that was awesome and a great experience but ultimately um, getting that call and getting getting signed was priority number one. Something told me you were a blue-collar guy that yeah. wasn't afraid to get your hands dirty. No, absolutely not. <laughs>
Hansi, what about you? Because you had played in Europe before, so you'd been obviously familiar with the ECHL. What led the path to Wheeling when it did? Um, you know, the start of the year, like with the whole COVID and, um, you know, jobs, you know, I, I am a veteran in the ECHL, so it's limited numbers of veterans per team. So um, I was uh, looking at jobs in the ECHL, but at the end of the day, I, I did what was trying to go to Europe the start of the year, and it's just, it was so tough with COVID. And um, and then my brother uh, and his wife were having, uh, having a baby, so I kind of stayed home and spent time with them and it's like the first born kid in our whole family so I really wanted to be there me and my brother are really close so uh kind of the season started going and nobody really knew days and I was talking to some people and nobody had dates and nobody knew like Idaho if they were going to play and teams like that so I kind of just stayed at home and kept training and just uh was just there for my family uh skating and training every day there was some other kids in my hometown that were uh, skating and trying to stay in shape also looking for jobs so we just did that and then same situation we have a rink in our little small town and they actually uh, pulled the ice out because adult hockey and everything got dropped so there was nowhere to skate but luckily enough uh, we live on a lake so they'll go out and flood the lake and that's how I would stay on the ice I was skating every day on the lake and just staying in shape and um, then uh, the opportunity to come to Wheeling um, came about, and uh, I was looking forward to it, going to a new team for a fresh start, coming here and, you know, trying to turn the team around and just helping with the with the younger guys, and that was uh, looked uh, looked good for me to come here, and that was something that I wanted to do was I wanted to play this year. I didn't want to go a whole year without playing and um, watch my brother's son get born, got to see him, got to meet him, and then, then came down here. This kind of brings it full circle for the Hunt family, too, because I'm sure that some of the fans remember it was the year before I got here, 2010-11, when they had the run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Your brother was on that team. What was that dialogue like when he found out that you were going to one of his old stomping grounds? Yeah, we, we, we discussed it, and I asked him if he had a good time here and if he enjoyed wheeling, and he said he, he enjoyed the rink, and uh, there's a lot of character and a lot of history, and uh, it's a small r- a rink and like or small ice, and it's you know it's good for my style of hockey, um, and uh, he enjoyed it, and and uh, that was he was. Uh, pretty happy to know that I was coming back where he played and uh talked to another buddy that played here for a while Peter Murth and asked him if, you know you got to ask guys if they enjoy the time where they spend it and uh they both said they had a good time and I decided to come down here and it's now I'm playing for a team that he used to play for you know Murthy huh yeah 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 what's he up to nowadays he works uh kind of like I don't really know the exact job title but he works for uh he checks like streams and kind of does all that kind of stuff with like fish habitat and rebuilding kind of eco friendly spots for uh I think it's BC Hydro which is like a hydro company and he makes sure everything's good for for all the animals and and stuff like that so he's doing pretty good no kidding what a guy peter mirth from 2010 through 2014 he was a wheeling nailer so i actually got a chance to work with him uh, rpi was the school that he went to so good to see that he's uh, getting a chance to do some really beneficial work in the real world that's yeah. really neat did you anybody know anybody who had played here before did you have anybody to pick the brain of or were you just diving into this thing blind head first each. head first yeah no didn't make any calls just you know that was the opportunity that came and you know i'm a big believer in you know not you know turning away from those first opportunities that come so just jumped in did you know anybody in the locker room when you first got here or did you literally meet everybody brand new first day um i played against nicholas rivera okay so i knew him from uh we both went into college as freshmen together um so i played to him for four years but i hadn't known i hadn't no idea who anybody was. I know Wards had signed in Idaho, so I just kind of knew his name. Um, but other than that, no, I, I had no idea. You guys both would have played together in the WCHA then, him with Mankato yeah. and you up in Alaska. Yep, yep, so yep. that's pretty cool. We'll get into your college background during the next segment of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour. Did you get a chance? I know you didn't, you're playing Saturday, so you didn't get a chance to watch the final, but did you watch the Frozen Four at all on Thursday? No, I didn't. I just stayed clear of that, but. If it was my team, maybe I would have watched, but... There you go. 
Nothing wrong with that. So that brings us to the end of segment number one of our Wheeling Nailers Power Hour as we speak this week with Garrett Hunt and Kyle Marino. Don't forget the Nailers are in action four times this week. Wednesday and Sunday are at home, and you can get those tickets at wheelingnailers.com or 304-234-GOAL as the Nailers take on the Indy Fuel and the Fort Wayne Comets. More of the Power Hour presented by the 19th Hole next to the Nailers Broadcast Network presented by Main Street Bank. Segment number two of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour presented by the 19th hole as we get ready for another busy week of hockey. Down the stretch we go. Normally this is the time of the year where we'd be kind of wrapping things up on the regular season and getting ready for playoffs. But these guys still have a couple of more months of regular season to go and hopefully a big rally down the stretch to get into postseason play. If you want to come support them, all you have to do is go to wheelingnailers.com to buy your tickets today. In fact, there are two home games this week on Wednesday and Sunday as the Nailers do battle with the Indy Fuel and the Fort Wayne Comets. We're talking today with Garrett Hunt and Kyle Marino on the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour. And let's go back. We talked about how you guys both got here. Let's talk about life leading up to Wheeling. And Garrett, you've had a very nice professional career spanning through some AHL time, some ECHL time, some European time. What have you enjoyed the most about your time playing as a pro? I think just uh, mainly being able to uh, see different parts of the country, experience things, um, go to places that you normally wouldn't go. I mean, whether it be where you live at home, like, for example, Wheeling, or where you go on the road, get to see all kinds of places and, um, you know, just experience things that you normally wouldn't. And obviously meet lots of guys that you're playing. Um, there's pretty much new teams. The turnover is pretty big in the ECHL. And um, just meet guys along the way, have good uh, role models as coaches and kind of learn from them and uh, just – you know, get to do what you love and just play hockey. You've had a chance to pretty much hit all the corners where you went all the way northwest to Alaska, southwest to Stockton, southeast to Jacksonville, northeast to Springfield, and now you're kind of in the middle here in Wheeling. What's the favorite? Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed pretty much everywhere I've been. Um, I uh, enjoyed the sun, obviously, in California and in Florida, and I obviously enjoyed the snow and the cold up in Alaska. Um, it's a great place up there, and, you know, I've had no complaints, and uh, everywhere I've been, I've, I've enjoyed my time and uh, enjoyed the area and, you know, all the people. Very good. One of those stops, Stockton, you have your jersey retired, too, or your number retired. That's pretty cool. What an honor that must have been. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty big honor. I mean, that's one of my... Uh, top things in my career is to have that happen and currently still be playing um that was obviously uh it was good my whole family was down there for it and um it, it, it was definitely a big honor and and obviously um huge for all the guys that that helped me you know through my career in Stockton I played there for I think seven years and um it was my second home I enjoyed it I loved it um, I had great coaches, great staff, great trainers. Um, everything was just made so easy on me there. And, um, you know, you just can't thank those guys enough to make your life easy away from the rink and, and at the rink. Um, I played with a lot of great guys. Um, and we had great success there, and, and I just really enjoyed it. And to have my jersey hanging is it's just a huge honor. Playing in some place for such a long time means that you also get to develop some long-time rivalries. The fans from the other teams get to know you. You get to know them, get the cities. Were there places that you really enjoyed going as a visiting player, whether it was because you just you knew the city so well and there were your different spots that you liked to go to, or there was just something about playing against a certain team that got the blood boiling and said, oh, yeah, I'm ready to bring it tonight? Yeah, there there was some big rivalries on the West Coast. I mean, I, I really enjoyed going down to Ontario. They always had, you know, great fan base. Um, Jason Christie, my coach in Jacksonville, he was the coach in, in Ontario. And, I mean, that's part of the reason why I ended up getting a job in Jacksonville because I played against him for so many years. And um, I just I just loved going down there. It was nice and warm and sunny, and it was Southern California. And, you know, the fans really got into the games and um, – and then the complete opposite, I, I really loved going up to Alaska, playing up there um, as a visiting team. And, you know, the people were so friendly and the restaurants were good. I mean, we used to, it was an easy flight for us out of uh, out of Sacramento. And it, it was just a, 
it was just a great experience and that's obviously one of the reasons why I ended up choosing to go play up there is because I loved playing against them so much that I wanted to be part of their team and um, that's that's uh, those are probably my two top places um, you know that's probably the longest time I've really been anywhere for that many years and um, just really kind of getting to play against a team for so long and they really learn to hate you or love to hate you when you uh, when you're playing against them that many years and and those two places definitely stand out what's the biggest difference between the west especially in that time when you had the california teams the vegas's the alaskas and now playing here on the eastern side of things um being over on the west the, the travel was back then the travel was is pretty good we flew everywhere um, we mainly played Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, so we'd fly in Tuesday. We'd fly out Sundays. So you got to actually be in the city, kind of experience it, you know, like going to Boise, for example. Like, what a cool little town, um, you know, or going to Vegas. You know, all the West Coast guys, their families would fly into Vegas because their parents wanted to come down and be in the sun and get to watch some hockey. And, and that was fun too, you know, just – definitely not sitting on the bus for super long like here on the east coast you're sitting on the bus because everything's you don't really fly unless you're going to newfoundland or brampton or something like that but you know when you're busing you don't really get to experience the visiting city as much as you do when you're flying because you don't get the day off or you know time to experience it and you know that's probably the biggest difference is you know the travel wise because the teams were so much further apart on the west coast where you would fly there for a certain amount of days or a certain amount of games and then get to experience it, get a play, then fly home on Sunday and kind of it was like one week on home, one week on the road. And then on the East Coast, you know, we're playing three games in three different cities and you're pretty much just trying to get your rest and, and be ready to go for the next game. Kyle, you've gotten to see a whole lot of Indianapolis and Fort Wayne, Indiana, too. Yeah, just outstanding have, places yeah. in this league, but you also got a Florida trip. How sweet was that? Yeah, I definitely don't have the the, the stories that Huntsy does yet. Maybe <laughs> one day I'll be able to talk about all these places after COVID's done. But, yeah, I've just been to Fort Wayne and Indy pretty much this whole <laughs> season in the hotels. But, um, yeah, no, like, I mean, Garrett said, like, flying to Florida was awesome. Like, it's just it's just a, the probably the best part of being a – pro hockey player um you know flying in and getting to spend those five days you know with the guys and you know just maybe going out for dinner or you know going for a walk around the city do a little shopping or lay by the pool um you know that those are the things that you you know that you're going to remember after and stuff like that and and the little stories that you create with guys and your teammates and stuff like that but yeah, that's that's awesome. Going to Alaska Fairbanks, obviously you guys would play your in-state games against Alaska Anchorage, but I feel like WCHA is one of the more spread out conferences in terms of locations because you've got all the way down in Alabama Huntsville. You've got teams up in this neck of the woods like Bowling Green State. I mean, and obviously you guys are flying everywhere. This isn't like Hockey East where you're just putzing around Massachusetts, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, yeah. and all those guys. So did you get a chance to see some pretty neat places in college yeah, too? Yeah, that, that was the crazy part about our division. I, I think they're realigning it next year um, just for that purpose. Like the travel is very intense. Um, definitely being in Alaska – I mean, our closest game is Anchorage, and it's a 45-minute flight. But other You than, do fly it. I was going to ask you yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we do. We, fl we flew everywhere. We got traded really well there, so it was awesome. But, I mean, that that's probably the hardest part about being up there is traveling to games. Um, I mean, we would leave Monday night on a red eye to play games on Friday, oh. Saturday. Um, so, you know, it would be flights, stopovers, and, and bus trips um, to get to some places. But... Um, you know, it's worth it. It was an unbelievable place to play. What was the coolest spot you went to in conference? And then did you get a chance to go somewhere neat out of conference? Um, yeah, in conference, I always liked going to Bowling Green. Okay. Um, that was probably the closest place to home. Um, so my parents and family got to come a couple times there. Um, and then out of conference, Penn State was awesome. Uh, they have a brand new rink up there and stuff like that and like great atmosphere fan wise and stuff like that it's got to be one of the top places to go i think everyone that plays there says the same thing about it um, but those two places for sure did you guys get a lot of teams that wanted to go to you or did you guys have a lot of places that were like heck with that you guys are coming here we're not making that flight i think i know yeah i i'm sure there is probably both uh both situations but we did get a lot of um you know 
great teams come up there. And I know my freshman year, they used to run like a tournament uh, to start the season. They would do like four games and have like eight teams up there and everyone would just play up there. And it was a good time for teams to like, you know, come up and play. I, I think uh, actually uh, Brady Tomlack came up my freshman year um, and played in that tournament and they, they stopped doing it my last three years, but we would get big teams. Denver would always come down. Um, you get some Atlantic schools as well that wanted to make the trip up and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I think teams, you know, kind of took it as like, oh, let's go to Alaska, let's play. And I think teams liked coming up there. How'd you get there? What made you go from being in uh, Canada, Ontario, yeah. to up in Alaska? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I uh, had an opportunity to go play junior actually out in British Columbia um, in the BCHL, and that, that league gets heavily scouted by the WCHA. Um, and it was right at my end of my 20-year-old year. We had a great team. We were on our way to the RBC Cup, and um, Dallas Ferguson and Lance West kind of recruited me um, from Alaska out there, and that was, like, kind of first opportunity that came, and I just took it, and I said, you know, had no idea what it was going to be about. I've just heard good things and good players come out of the program, so I was like, yeah, I'm in, Um, and that's how I got recruited to go there. How long did it take you to get there? I was we didn't we didn't have many East Coast guys on our team. We were mostly Western Canada, or, um, California guys that were in state there. But um, I would have to fly from Buffalo to Chicago. Um, then I would do Chicago to Seattle, um, and then Seattle into Anchorage, Anchorage into Fairbanks, or sometimes I get a direct Seattle right into Fairbanks. So it would be a 16 17 hour travel day for me if i had to go from home right to fairbanks but that's a long day long days in the airport that's for sure gotcha huntsy you're from british columbia originally what part of the province are you in um from uh bc right what part of the province oh oh, sorry (laughs) um maple ridge is where i was born and raised yeah so it's about an hour and a bit outside of vancouver Okay, so that's not bad. So then yeah. did you go down to Vancouver a lot growing up? Uh, were you kind of just staying up where you were? What did you do? Uh, mainly we didn't go into the city that much. Um, and then I was uh, also played in the BCHL um, before I played in uh, major juniors. And then I was uh, luckily enough to uh, play for Vancouver. I played for the WHL team Vancouver Giants, which was in Vancouver. And um, that was a pretty cool experience. Um, kind of be at home but not at home um, you know I lived obviously at Billets and I was about an hour away from my hometown so like on a special holiday or Easter or something it was close enough where I could drive home and still be with my family and uh, that was a great experience it's kind of made the transition to become you know a professional on your own a little bit easier for me and um, I thought that was huge and I I mean, you hear about a lot of guys that are, you know, traveling three provinces over to go play junior, and, you know, it's tough on you when you're, like, 16, 17 years old, having to go to high school, playing with guys that are 20, and, um, you know, being able to be close, and we had a lot of uh, British Columbia kids on our team, local kids, and, I mean, it, w- it was a good experience, and it was a good transition for me, and, um, I mean, I love uh, I love British Columbia and the West Coast, and, I mean, there's lots of, lots of stuff to do there, and, and um, I always go back there now in the summer. 2007, MasterCard Memorial Cup champions at home. How sick was that? Yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Um, I mean, we definitely uh, did a lot of work and put a lot of time in to get where we did. Um, my Pretty much my whole career in Vancouver, we were, we were a contender. We went to the Memorial Cup the year before also. Um, I think we set a record for most consecutive playoff wins. We just we were sweeping everybody and you know we had a great thing going there we had great staff great coaches and uh great personnel um we we had a golf tournament i think two years ago or something before covid and i'm 30 i'm in my 30s now and 2007 and i think pretty much every guy is still playing except for maybe one or two guys and they're in hockey and somehow somewhere some form and um that's just a credit to the commitment level of all the guys and how much they love the game and um yes you know it's it's unparalleled for the for the guys and the opportunity that we all got there that's a fun year for me to look back to as well because 
before I came here, I worked with the Lewiston Maniacs, which is one of the teams that you guys faced in the 2007 Memorial Cup. I wasn't with them at the time. I was a fan, but getting to kind of watch as a fan of the Memorial Cup and, and see what it was like with a team attached to it for the first time, that was, uh, that was really cool to see, and I can't imagine how special it was to, A, win it, and B, have it be right there at home for you. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a great experience. I mean, they put on a great tournament, you know, the Memorial Cup. You win – it's a definitely a hard tournament to win. You got to win your whole league and then go to another tournament and play. And it's it's like if you lose twice, you're out. It's not seven game series, which kind of what we're made for. And um, you know, it's if you have one bad game, it's you know you could be out or behind the eight ball. And that's what happened to us year before. We had to go all the way to Moncton, and you know we lost one game. And you know it is tough to bounce back in those tournaments. And you know, and, and it's just a great experience uh, overall. You know, that's just so well run and you know it's it was just uh really fun to be at that age and to be in the spotlight niagara falls huh yes sir i know that i know where that is first of all been there done that but kind of funny when you're in a place that's so known for a landmark how many times have you been to the falls whether it's just going there growing up or whether it's friends are around town and they're like hey can you take me to the falls yeah no it's uh it's a special place. Um, you know, everyone knows, you know, you say I'm from Niagara Falls, everyone says, oh, yeah, I've been there once or, you know, we went there or whatever. But, um, no, it's a great city. Uh, it's definitely home for me. Um, spend my summers there mostly. And it's, uh, it's great. The people there are awesome. Um, can't say anything bad about it. That's awesome. It, it's got to be super cool there. What's one of your favorite things about that area? Yeah, it's, I mean, like, like I said, like you can, you know, you have great restaurants there, um, great nightlife. Um, it's a great place to go. We have great wine, stuff like that. Um, it's good for entertaining, you know, teammates and, and friends and stuff like that when they come visit you or whatever. Um, so you get a little bit of everything in Niagara, that's for sure. That's awesome. We're going to find out more of what you guys like to do away from the ice in the final segment of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour presented by the 19th Hole. We have Garrett Hunt and Kyle Marino with us this week. Don't forget your tickets to get or don't forget to get your tickets for this weekend's games by logging on to wheelingnailers.com. Back after this on the Nailers Broadcast Network presented by Main Street Bank. Final segment of our Wheeling Nailers Power Hour before the guys get ready to take the ice this week against the Indy Fuel and the Fort Wayne Comets. You can get your tickets at wheelingnailers.com. Garrett Hunt, Kyle Marino joining me on today's show. and We've gotten the chance to learn about their backgrounds and where they grew up and college and major junior paths, but want to learn some more about what keeps you guys going away from the ice. And Kyle, I'll start with you. We talked a little bit about Niagara Falls and the nightlife there that you get to experience during the summer. What are some of your favorite summer activities on a normal year where you can go anywhere and do anything? Where can we find you? Yeah, some favorite things to do in the summer. Um, definitely golf. Okay. Um, I love golf, and we have a. My buddies are all into golf too, so that's definitely one of the things. Um, I work with my dad too, so that kind of takes up you know three quarters of the day, half the day. So if I'm not tired from work, or you know, me and my brother will just grab the bags and go play a quick nine holes. Those that's are probably kind of my favorite things to do, or you know, just hanging out in the backyard and having a barbecue, or. You know, getting in the pool on a hot day, there's nothing better than that for sure. I had some recent guests on the Power Hour tell me that you can absolutely slaughter a golf ball. Is that a true statement? I, I heard some things, but <laughs> I heard that they were saying I could, but I didn't have a short game or whatever. But <laughs> I will take those guys on the course any day they want to go, so they just need to let me know. Is your short game better than they give you credit it's for? It's definitely better than what they give give it to me for how hard can you hit it though be honest with me i don't know i i hit it pretty far i mean i don't know if i get into one i get close to 300 so. <laughs> i was just saying can we get a three look how big he is yeah. man he's a monster he should be hitting it that hard seriously <laughs> i guess i have to yeah are there a lot of good courses up your way yeah there is there's some some great golf and then definitely getting up north kind of in northern ontario there's some even really nicer ones too so are you one who just plays it, or will you play it and watch it? Because I know we are just coming off of the Masters this past weekend, and some guys just dive right on in. They love to watch it, and other guys are like, nope, I just want to play it. Yeah, I like watching it. I, I yeah. do, especially the Masters. I mean, you know, um, 
me and Patty McNally were pretty into it this year. I mean, tons of the guys were into it, um, but um, I mean, when the Masters rolls around, I think you got to watch it for sure. Do you have some favorite golfers, or you do you just watch it for the pure enjoyment of watching it? I mean, yeah, like I I, I never like grew up like being like, oh my gosh, like I love this guy. Like I mean, Tiger's always a guy that everyone loves to watch. I I think like that, but I think there's some some great guys out there right now. I like. Patrick Reed just because everyone just hates him and he's always trying to cheat to get the edge but <laughs> I think he's hilarious out there and I just love how everyone hates him so so golf and a lot of hard work that, yeah. that keeps you busy during the yeah, summers that's the formula dude okay what's your summer look like Huntsy um I, I just like being out on the lake um boating um whether it be on the pontoon or doing water sports um lots of family time getting older you know you you realize how important family time is um getting to spend it with my family and my brother and my sister-in-law and you know and just you know just kicking back like kind of like what marino was saying just having barbecues and just getting away from the rink um you know you get your work done in the morning you know i'm still training in the off season um i take a lot of pride in you know my fitness and being ready in good shape and um just work out get that done out of the way in the morning and then i just kind of know every day it's where we live it's pretty sunny and just be on the lake and do some kind of water sports and kind of even do that for some cardio do some solemn skiing and you know just being outside hiking whether it be you know just being on the trails on atv or something just being outside i love nature and getting away from the rink and you know i feel like that uh, gives me a lot of uh, you know stress-free life and kind of has been able to keep me in the game for as long as I have been just to have that outlet to be away from the rink and and just uh enjoy that family time when we first signed you Alex Reed who's one of my longtime friends he was your broadcaster in Jacksonville was talking with me and he said that one of the interviews that he had a chance to do with you you were actually out on the lake during the interview enjoying the weather so I kind of had that idea that that was part of what you like to do and I've heard nothing but great things about British Columbia and just how beautiful it is there like how, how picturesque is that yeah it's just a, it's just a great province um, there's just so much to do you know it's like West Virginia with lots of trees and but then we still got massive mountains and part of the Rockies and um, there's you know there's something you can do you can you know I got a chance this winter because I wasn't playing in, in early November December to go do a lot of skiing there's some great ski resorts and um, it was all open from covid so i was able to do a lot of skiing and you know there's backcountry skiing you don't you don't even need to go to resort and there's just so many opportunities to do and you know it was really fun for me and my family to be able to be part of winter sports you know we do so much summer sports my whole career it's just been mainly doing summer things and um, this year because of covid i was able to do a lot of ice fishing and you know skiing and snowshoeing and, and cross-country skiing i really really enjoy cross-country skiing it's uh, it's a great workout too i wouldn't do cardio on those days <laughs> and um you know it's just uh there's just so much options and so much things to do in in british columbia and and uh, that's the reason why i go back every summer if we were to drive up to the highlands would we lose you in cabela's uh no i mean i'm pretty sad right now maybe we went back when i was younger but right now i'm pretty dialed in to all, everything I need and stuff I like and you know it's a it takes a while to get everything dialed in for your outdoor stuff but um yeah now I'm pretty much dialed in and and uh now it's just more spending the time out there so what do you have you've got your own boat for the lake and you've got your own skis do you have your own stuff yeah yeah we got our own stuff and uh, me and my brother we live side by side on the lake nice. and uh, my parents still live um, in Maple Ridge, and we go back there and visit them, and uh, it's a nice, it's only about five hours north from where they are, so they get to come up, and I mean, obviously, they're spending a lot more time up there now with, uh, they're all retired, and, and and my brother having his baby, so they're up there, and I think uh, they're going to be moving up there pretty soon, so they can spend more family time, and my dad loves being on the lake just as much as me, so yeah, we, we just love it. Gotcha. That's awesome. That's- I was, was going to add in there, I don't think you're going to see hunt much uh, apparel of Cabela's apparel on Huntsy. It's all designer or nothing else. <laughs> That's all he's got. Is that <laughs> something you go for too? Just or designer. Are you, are you, are you, <laughs> no Cabela's there, buddy. Is this something too we want to get on the radio? No. Or are you a designer guy? <laughs> no, no. I just... 
It just, you know. He's always looking good. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I've gone through all sorts of different walks of life with all sorts of different players all the way from Dan Stylin Milan. Did you ever cross paths with Stylin? Uh, that name sounds really familiar. He designed, he did all of his own stuff. Like <laughs> He would take clothes, like no go way. to a thrift store, and he would just – tatter it different ways or put different design like i'm telling you like, i don't know like sometimes it's it's fun just to dive in and, and not know like different things oh, about yeah. what you guys get into so yeah, everybody has a different different kind of thing away from the rink so it's just it's crazy how we can all be focused at when we get to the rink and have the same goal and the same mindset and come together as a team and then you get away from get away from the rink whether it be you know going to baseball games in Pittsburgh or going golfing or going to workout. Everybody has, you know, what they like to do away from the rink that keeps them recharged to when they come to the rink and, um, you know, be all on the same page, which is, it's kind of unique, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of like having a, just a regular job and everybody's going the same way. But for hockey, you know, we're really going the same way. You know, we're traveling together. We're sleeping in hotel rooms together. We're sleeping on the bus together and, you know, and you learn a lot from other guys and what interests them, and maybe that's something you might like, and or something you get to experience. And you know, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool way of life, and that's why, obviously, why we play the game, and that's why we have so many friends in the game. What do you like to do on your days off? I don't have a vehicle here, so I gotta borrow <laughs> Kyle's vehicle when I go grocery shopping. <laughs> obviously, I want to experience um, the cities that I play in. Um, you know, there's a lot of great things that Wheeling offers. And, um, you know, just seeing Wheeling in general, like going up to uh, the last time I borrowed his car, I went up to the, that castle there and it's got all the graffiti around it, which overlooks the city and just stuff like that. Just getting out and obviously getting fresh air and, and just seeing what makes Wheeling unique and, you know, just doing stuff like that. Have you been to Ogilvy yet? I have not. I have yeah. not been there because that's not close to the grocery store, so I can't veer too far out of the way. <laughs> he counts the miles. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I'll have to get that on your list of a, of a spot to go. Good golf up there, too, by the way. Yeah, that's so where we, that's that, where that we may be go. your angle to get up there. Yeah. Tell him to take you and he can, he can take it whenever he wants. There you go. What about for you? What's your off days typically look like? I Like like I said, I like going golfing, but um, pretty laid back. Uh, I, I'm kind of like Garrett, too. Like I like to go – you know, do things or see things, you know, where we play or especially when we're on the road, if, you know, we got a day off on the road, let's go walk somewhere, let's go see something, let's go for lunch, stuff like that. Pretty pretty laid back, though, for me. Are you into the marbles? I Yeah, I've been getting into the marbles. So we've been actually playing a lot of Catan. Okay. So we have a little group that likes to play Catan, but the marbles is not bad. It's a close second to the Catan for sure. You guys are like almost like trying to figure out like a social media trend what's trending at this particular time where you guys will something will be popular for about two or three versions of this show and then all of a sudden it'll switch to something else and then here comes a month later now we're into a new topic so i I feel like Catan was kind of hovering there for a little bit and then you guys went big onto the marbles thing and now now Catan's making a resurrection making a comeback yeah okay do you hang around with them? Do you touch any of that stuff? Or so I have played Catan once before, and I heard some of these guys are pretty cutthroat. And yep. once you're in that game, you can't really get out until the game's over. So you're just sitting there getting abused for the entire two hours that you're playing. <laughs> and much. i got to do a little bit more research before I can get in there. I was talking to some guys, and there's some cutthroat guys. So I've only played once before, and I don't like to lose. So i kind of been staying away from the Catan. <laughs> okay. That's a, that's a fair statement. How about food? We gotta always. I always love talking about food, whether it's what you like to eat, whether it's what you like to make. So let's talk about what you enjoy in the kitchen. Who wants to start this one off? Kyle? Yeah, um, I like to cook. Actually, uh, uh, Jesse Lee is a great cook. And he oh. just, just kind of moved in with me, and he was just like, do you want to just cook together? you want to do meals together? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. So... Um, he says he loves cooking and stuff like that, so we've been just going back and forth, trying to one-up each other, doing dinners for each other and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, pretty typical meals that we cook, like chicken and steak and stuff like that, but we always try to, you know, do something different or surprise each other with, you know, something new that we bring for dinner or something like that. But he's a good cook, and, yeah, we've actually been cooking quite a bit. What's been Chef Marino's most impressive dish? Most impressive dish. Um, I like doing like chicken legs, chicken thighs. Oh wow! 
cooking them, you know, making them nice and crispy, and then just doing like some sweet potatoes and some veggies, maybe a salad or something, nice healthy dinner. There That's you go. That's probably my go-to, yeah. What's your favorite thing to eat, whether it's something that you can make or something that your parents made or even something from somewhere that you really love? I mean, yeah, growing up in an Italian family, I guess the classic answer is, you know, just spaghetti and meatballs, like that red sauce that we do sauce every year at my grandparents' house like that, our whole family. So it's a pretty big, pretty big deal in our family. But, you know, um, definitely that first meal home is always, you know, pasta and meatballs for sure. Get that taste back and that, that red sauce that you've been missing. When you guys uh, do make the sauce, do you can it? Or yeah, how do you can yeah, it all? We'll do like, you know, 20 bushels of yeah. tomatoes or whatever and wow. we can it. Yeah. And then because we have uh, my dad's family. Um, he has a, a brother, so his family and our family, we go over and we do sauce for enough for both families and my grandparents, obviously. So it's a big, big two, three day operation. Wow. And we're good for the year. Yeah. What so, do you make it in? Um, so we get like, you, you literally grind, like, you know, those meat grinders, like those oh, sausage yeah. grinders, you, you're just pushing the tomatoes basically through those. And then you get the, the sauce and you got to boil it and then you add all your baking soda and your seasonings and stuff like that. And you add your salt and then you can it all. That's awesome. Yeah, so you cook it in the canners like with the pressure cooker? You put it in, well, we use oven. Oh, oven. You put it in the oven. And that seals it. And that seals it. And then you put it on the counter and then no one can talk or walk yeah. in the kitchen because if one of those cans pops, it's like the world's coming to yeah. the end, right? So, yeah, that's definitely a big part of um, both my grandparents' Uh, immigrated here from Italy so that's still definitely a big tradition in our family that is absolutely cool yeah noodles are from scratch too I bet yeah we do that sometimes too but you know everyone's kind of <laughs> getting older and stuff like that you get lazy but yeah she's an unbelievable cook and stuff like that definitely the best pasta I've ever had that's awesome yeah. what a cool family tradition yeah, yeah. that's that is super awesome do you bring any cans down here when you play you know what the oh, thing is that's... you know what the thing is I've I've always missed sauce because i've always been playing so this year actually we got to be able to do it again because they do it and i don't know when they do it but i'm usually gone for the season when the when tomatoes it's usually you know september around there that they do it so i actually got to do it this year and stuff like that but um i've usually missed missed out on it but I should have brought some sauce down. When you went to Fairbanks, we did you bring it up? Did you bring it up to Fairbanks? You didn't. No. Oh, I would have no. brought a couple cans no, of sauce. No. Oh, heck yeah! Teams pay for the bags, eh? No <laughs> <laughs> Whole bag of red tomatoes. Yeah, it just blows up your yeah. bag through yeah. through security, yeah. and then you got. I didn't even think about red sauce all over your clothes. Maybe I'll maybe I'll put the call and get some shipped out. There we go. We can get that featured for you yeah, too. Yeah. Heck yeah! That's, that would absolutely have to be. Uh, Something that we get on, even on the uh, YouTube or the TV broadcast, that'd yeah, be a blast. For sure. What's your kitchen life look like, Huntsy? I'm pretty, I'm pretty basic. I mean, we, we happen, we have to eat so much when we travel. Um, last year being overseas, I pretty much ate every single meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for seven months at restaurants or out. Um, I had a little kitchen, but it was hard for me to go to the grocery store and, and find what I liked. And um, I'm pretty picky when it comes to veggies and meat and um so when i'm at home here in wheeling i like to do all my grocery shopping and i like to i prefer i prefer to eat at home you know because i'm picky and and obviously your body is what we i mean what we eat on wednesday affects us on a friday game so i'm pretty picky that way and um but at the same time i like going to to restaurants but I would prefer to go to restaurants when we're on the road and I have no other choice. But definitely when I'm at home here, you know, obviously same same as Kyle, you know, chicken, you know, steak. It is tough. Uh, we don't have, I don't have a barbecue. I don't even have a deck here at my place. So right. it's, it's hard to buy a nice expensive steak and cook it on a frying pan or, you know, cook it in the oven. But I'd prefer to barbecue it. You know, a lot of my places that I've played in the past, I've always had a barbecue. So I've been able to have been spoiled with buying nice steaks and and cooking steaks that way but you know it's been a little bit of struggle cooking cooking the red meat but you know i've been making do and you know just i'm pretty i'm pretty similar i eat the same thing you know throughout the week change out the veggies a little bit and change out the meat but it's pretty much all the same thing and you know just have a routine so kyle said the pasta is his go-to is barbecue going for your favorite or is there something else that you really really love i mean i don't want to say it's a it's a staple but i mean it just goes hand in hand with 
living on the lake or being outside you know there's nothing better than you know having a barbecue you know that's like what brings family together your friends that come up and visit you know everybody wants to have a good meal and we uh we've always had big sit-down meals since i've been growing up as a young kid and you know i've carried that into being an adult and with uh you know my friends and stuff we always have big dinners um and just the barbecue is just a easier thing for me i'm not the I'm decent in the kitchen, but barbecuing is just kind of, I feel like that's just something that I'm good at and I enjoy it. And it just, it's just tastes good. I like, I like my veggies on the grill too. So it's, it's been a struggle cooking my veggies in the oven, but I mean, I make it do and and everything's okay. I think it brings it all back together for you. Ultimately, like you've said the whole show, I mean, you're, you're an outdoor guy, so I wouldn't expect anything, you know, but eating outside and being able to enjoy the weather and, and the, the fresh taste of what comes off of a grill outside. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's big for us and especially our family, like, you know, being outside, like for my brother's wedding a couple of years ago, we supplied all the meat for, for his wedding. And he had like, I don't know, close to 200 people there. We did, uh, like 50 pound moose roasts and we we harvested the moose and we caught all the fish and uh picked all the morel mushrooms for the gravy and and kind of did uh did everything on our own which was tough because the catering company wanted it all stamped by a authorized butcher and normally we do all our own game cutting so it was a struggle when you're in the bush and you harvest a moose and then you have to drive six hours to get it to a certified butcher that stamps it or else the catering company wouldn't touch it so it was a little bit of a struggle but uh we got it done and it it was a great wedding and uh it was pretty cool to to supply the meat for for his wedding that's awesome man that that, those are some absolutely sensational stories out of both you guys and and that actually brings us to the end of this edition of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour. So I can't thank both of you enough again for taking some time out of your days and giving the Nailers fans a look inside of your lives, both on the ice and away from it too. So thank you guys both so much. No problem. Yeah, thanks for having us on here. Absolutely. Garrett Hunt and Kyle Marino are guests on this week's edition of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour. Get your tickets for this week's games at wheelingnailers.com. This has been the presentation of Nailers Hockey on the Nailers Broadcast Network, presented by Main Street Bank. Thank you.